Would you open a Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7? As we go through this big library of God's Word, His revelation to mankind, I'd like you to make your way down the New Testament aisle of that library and find the shelf, find the book where 2 Corinthians is located. And if you'll take that down and open it up with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We'll have other passages of Scripture projected on the screen behind me. But this is going to be our text for the morning. You might have your marker there and be ready to come back and forth to it over and over again together. Thank you so much for being here this morning. What a great opportunity is ours. And I loved how Zach got our, our focal point exactly right. That however the past week has been for you, maybe it has been really, really good. Maybe it has been really, really challenging. But this is the Lord's day. This is His day. Our Lord's day. We'll talk a little bit about why that is, even this morning in our time from God's Word. It is the best way to set the tone for the week that He is providing for us. We're so glad that you're here. I'd like to anchor us this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. If you remember one verse this week, this would be my recommendation for the week. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, where Paul writes, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion. In the fear of God. My plan is simple this morning. Just to walk with you phrase by phrase through that verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. We are loved. As Larry highlighted for us in our observance of the world's greatest memorial. Uh, those who were being written to, those who are reading God's Word all over the world this morning on this, the Lord's Day, can, can anchor themselves to this truth. You are loved. And since those who are loved have these promises. Obviously, in order to understand what promises the Apostle has in mind, we've got to look just a little before this. We have it in our Bibles as 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Would you bump up a little and begin reading with me from your Bibles in verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 6. The Apostle says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? 
And here is where the promises begin. For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord. Almighty, who, who is making these promises this morning? It is the Lord Almighty. And what the Apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is doing in verses 16, 17, and 18 is really reaching back to three different sections of the Old Testament. What we have is verse 16 begins with a quotation from all the way back in Leviticus chapter 26, verses 11 and 12, where God said to these former slaves that he was fashioning into a new nation, I will make my dwelling among you, and my soul shall not abhor you, and I will walk among you and be your God. I don't know what goes through your mind as you read that ancient promise, but really it takes us all the way back to the very beginning of God's revelation to mankind. That garden in Eden where a man and a woman created in his image could hear the sound of the Lord God walking among the garden in the cool of the day. What an incredible blessing to know that this is my Father's world. This is the garden that He has put us in. These are the trees He has given us. That is the tree of life over there that He has blessed us with. And we can hear Him walking among us in that garden. You read very far, obviously, in God's revelation to mankind. And you know what shattered that blessing. It's sin. On page three of your Bible, and many of us in our Bible classes, we began in Genesis chapter one on the first Sunday in 2023, and, and we've worked our way through the first 11 chapters or so of Genesis where we see how far mankind had wandered, been dragged by sin away from. I will dwell among you and, and walk among you and I will be your God and, and you shall be my people. But there in Leviticus, God is instituting a new 
way of dwelling amongst his people. We know, of course, it was called the tabernacle. Eventually, it gave way to a temple where God made the promise over and over and over again, I will make my dwelling among you. I will walk among you and will be your God and you shall be my people. What does Paul want us as Christians to understand? We are the temple of the living God. We are loved. And since we have these promises, promises like Leviticus chapter 26 and promises like what he moves on to in verse 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, anchoring us to Isaiah 52 verse 11, the call to depart from all that dishonors God. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of wickedness. Purify yourselves. Before he's done, he he takes us in our minds to Isaiah 43, verses 5, 6, and 7. This promise, given 2,700 years ago, fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar. My daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. That's what Paul is doing in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He's rehearsing for us some of the greatest promises given in the darkest of times. And now he, he, he writes to New Testament Christians and says, listen, if anyone can know that they are loved, it's you. Since we have these promises, beloved, where does he go next? In 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1, let us Cleanse ourselves from every defilement. Would you keep a hand or a marker there in 2 Corinthians and turn back with me to the book of Galatians. Just a few pages in your Bible later to Galatians chapter 5. What Paul does if we listen to him carefully as our God is give us two ways that we can come to be defiled in the sight of this great God. He highlights number one. Defilement of the flesh. Since we have these promises, beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of number one of, of flesh. What's he talking about there? It's so much more than make sure you bathe every once in a while. As we lean on a little bit of 1 Peter and a little bit in just a moment where your Bible is open to Galatians chapter 5, it becomes really, really clear 
what he's talking about. Your body, given to you by God. Your flesh, not the best guide to pleasing God. And so Peter writes in 1 Peter 2 and verse 11, giving us this context. Beloved, here it is again. We're being told these things because we are loved. Are they the easiest things to hear? Not necessarily. Are they the easiest things to practice? Most certainly not. But the God who loves you is communicating these things to you, even this morning. I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from... what. What's the problem with the flesh? The, the problem is not the fact that you have flesh. But recognize that your flesh has certain desires and passions. And if you are not careful, those desires and passions can come to be at war against your God-given Soul. Again, my body, your body, a great blessing. Not the greatest north star to point you home. If you in this fallen world just do whatever you feel like doing, Peter says, you're giving in to a war and you're on the wrong side. If your Bible is open there to Galatians chapter 5, you look with me at verse 17. Once again, the problem is not flesh as much as unbridled, unchecked, undisciplined desires of the flesh. Verse 17, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. You see, what comes most naturally to you, what comes most naturally to me is to put me first. To live as if there is no one bigger than me, no one more important than me, nothing more important. Important than my desires, no, nothing more pressing than my needs. But our God is a God of infinite, listen, self-giving, self-sacrificial love. And so, my self-centered Flesh isn't always on the same page as the perfectly holy spirit. In fact, these can be opposed to each other. And if I just decide to do what I want to do, that's going to keep me from doing the things God wants me to do. He gives us in verse 19 some practical territory into which we can wonder to our own harm and the harm of our relationships and, and ultimately the harm of our, our connection to God. The works of the flesh are evident. 
sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. You know what is at the center of all of that? You, you know, who is at the center of all of that? It's not God, it's it's when I decide to use my God-given body to do what I want to do no matter what. Whether it's envy or drunkenness or orgies or things like these. And here is the warning to those that God loves. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What's the answer? Verse 24. We've got to belong to someone else. We need a better master, a better north star, a better guide. And only then will we learn to put the flesh where it belongs, in subservience to, along with its passions and desires, the Spirit of God. Many of us heard recently in our walk through the very beginning of God's written revelation. His words to the firstborn son of Adam and Eve. Listen, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you. It will defile you. It will kill you. You must rule over it and that is what the apostle is helping New Testament Christians to wrap their minds around in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of flesh and of spirit. Is your Bible still open there to Galatians 5? Once again, the apostle Paul helps us in, in verse 16. There is a... Holy Spirit of God that we read about on page one of our Bibles. And there's a spirit within me and a spirit within you. Once again, those aren't always on the same page. And so what I'm being reminded of is you are a very small creation in a very large universe walk by the spirit walk according to something much more reliable than your own circumstances your own attitude your own mood your own wisdom your own way of seeing the world walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What, what sort of fruit is born in the lives of people who recognize it's not all about me? This week is not all about me. Well, here it is in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The Spirit causes fruit to be born in my life and in your life. The, the fruit of love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there, there is no law. 
This is life the way it was meant to be. Verse 25, if, if we live by this Spirit, let's, let's keep in step, not with culture, not with our Facebook timeline or our TikTok feed, not with the prevailing mood of everyone we work around or everyone we, we go to school with. Let us keep in step with more than popular culture. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Why? Because we have these promises, beloved. Let's, not make, let, let's make sure that our flesh, our spirit does not get in the way of what God wants to bring to completion in our lives. What is that? We've been exploring it in a variety of ways throughout this month. Here's how 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 helps us. Bringing holiness to completion. If you've wondered here and there throughout our time in God's Word this morning, could I really encourage you to, to bring your focus back in and see with me crystal clear where the starting point of holiness is. We've emphasized over the course of the last couple of weeks, listen, if I'm going to finish what God would have me finish, I have to start where God would have me to start. What is, we'll get to how do I, how do you bring holiness to completion in just a moment. What's the starting point of holiness? Here's how Peter puts it in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14. As obedient children. We are His children. Above and beyond everything else, we are His children. As His children, don't be conformed to the passions of your, your former ignorance, those de defilements of the flesh and the spirit. But as He who called you is holy, your Father in heaven, as He is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Here it is, the starting point of holiness. It is written, it has stood for centuries. You shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, I don't know what goes through your mind as you hear that. But can I tell you what went through my mind I was chewing on this throughout this week. Okay, I, I hear the promises. I see the starting point. But I haven't always been holy. So what now? Is, is all lost? Do I just wander off of this track that God is, is trying to prepare me for and fuel me for and just decide, well, it's all too late. I've done too much. 
I can never get back on track. I might as well just make the most of my brief time here and hope there isn't anything in the great beyond. No, no. If you adopt that attitude, you're not listening to the good news that God is proclaiming. Yes, here is the starting point, but what you need to understand, what we rejoice in on this, the Lord's Day, is holiness walked among us. Holiness had a face. Holiness had a voice. Holiness walked among us in space and time. Paul, just a little earlier, before our key text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, you remember how this amazing God in the very beginning said, let there be light? You you remember that as the, the starting point of this creation in which we live? Well, let me tell you about the light of the gospel, of the glory, not of your Son, but of the Son, Christ who is the image of God. What we proclaim is not ourselves. What we're proclaiming is Christ Jesus as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for His sake. The God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You need to come to know Him. But you don't know what I've done. No. You need to come to know Him. But you don't know how unworthy I am. You need to come to know Him. I know you're not holy. And you know I'm not holy on my own. But holiness walked among us. That's how John begins his gospel. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you know, were we reading in the language that John was writing what we would have just heard? The Word became flesh and He He tabernacled among us. The God who said, leave this foolishness behind. Live for me. Walk with me. I will be your God. You will be my son's and daughters, he walked among us to the point that as we studied last Sunday morning, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. By him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. In him, 
all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus is the ultimate starting point. So how in the world can I bring holiness to completion? Would you go back in your Bibles where you marked them? 2 Corinthians. Peek back with me to chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And let's, let's see if we can't allow the Apostle Paul before we close to answer this question. How can I bring holiness to completion? That's the call. How can I do it? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, listen. You are more loved than you can possibly imagine. But you've got to submit to that love. Listen to him in verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The love of Christ controls us. Because we've concluded this, that one has died for all. He died for me. Therefore all have died. It's, it's no longer about us. He died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. God died for me. God so loved the world. God so loved me that he died for me, will I submit to that love? Will I allow Him to make all things new for me? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the, the new has come. Roger talked with us a little bit about that a couple of Sunday nights ago. New birth, new life, new focus, new Lord, new standard, new desires, a new family, new service, new hope, a new creation holy to the Lord. And so now, you, you want to bring holiness to completion? We just stay right there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And he shows us. We've got to make it our aim to please him. Chapter 5, verse 6. We're always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage and would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So let me tell you, he says, about my aim, about the aim that every disciple of Jesus ought to adopt, the aim in which there is new and living hope. Whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. In the fear of God. That's how 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 ends. 
beloved. Look at the promises that we have. Let's cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and of spirit. Bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Because this God means what He says. And because we know, listen to me this morning, every road that any human being can possibly be on today, any road that any human being can possibly travel this week, it all ends in the same place. We know where it all ends. We must all appear before His judgment seat so that each one may receive what is due in the body for what He has done, whether good or bad. So what's this really all about? It is all about finishing what was started. Let me, if you don't mind, have a, a show of hands. Did anybody get a little more involved with puzzles in 2020 and in 2021? Yeah, yeah. I looked the other day. Between late spring of 2019 and late spring of 2020, Puzzle sales jumped 370%. If only you had knew, known, you, you, you needed to invest in puzzles in the winter of 2019. Lots of people got into puzzles during periods of lockdown. My family, Shelly and Emma especially, are our puzzle fanatics. We've even framed some of the puzzles that, that we put together during that stretch and continue here and there to, to work on all kinds of puzzles. But have you ever had this experience? In fact, we had it just a couple of weeks ago. Beautiful thousand-piece puzzle, the sort of puzzle, you know, you really might consider framing. And you, you start with the edges and you work your way through the territory that's a little familiar, but then maybe it's got this really big stretch of blue sky and that's the most challenging part. And so maybe you, you, you gradually shrink in and shrink in and shrink in. And, and if you've really been paying attention to it, maybe you wake up more, one morning and as you're sipping your coffee and you're looking at it, you think, you know, I think this is going to be the day. I think... This will be the day we finish this particular puzzle and, and you work at it and you work at it and then suddenly you begin to realize, oh no. And you arrange all of those pieces, a thousand pieces all arranged exactly right. But you only have 999 pieces. We didn't frame that one. 
that one in frustration got boxed up real quick and put back in the shadows. Why? Because the last piece was missing. Could I suggest to you this morning... Maybe you are in this place, maybe you are working hard, maybe you, you realize you need to work hard to, to get to the point where you've got the, the financial puzzle pieces pretty, pretty well in line. And, and you've worked to make sure that the health puzzle pieces are, are arranged as, as well as they can possibly be arranged. And, and, and you've got some nice social pieces of the puzzle that is your life and and you've got a a a rich heritage and you've got a good reputation that's a big piece of this puzzle and you've got the vacation pieces of the puzzle and you've got some exciting 2023 pieces of the puzzle that that you're really excited to put into the home but if you're missing the holiness piece of the puzzle You're missing what matters most. You're missing what will shape your experience of eternity. Because listen, you have a creator. And he made a promise to people created in his image. I will walk among you and I will dwell among you and I will be your God and you shall be mine. And you'll be able to say, I am his and and he is mine. And your Bible is full of long and sordid history about how human beings have messed that up over and over and over again. But at just the right time, holiness with a face walked among us. And here we are. A mere 2,000 years later, in the grand scheme of things, it might have been, might as well have been 20 seconds. And God has arranged all of the puzzle pieces together for you to know this morning I am His and He is mine. I've made some royal messes in the past, but. Jesus is the ultimate starting point. And I am the heir of spectacular promises. And so I'm going to keep my flesh and my my spirit in subservience to Him. And I want to bring holiness to completion in the fear of God. Maybe you recognize this morning that that is in fact your greatest need. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. The Lord's Day is a weekly celebration of victory. Christ has overcome the world. The war is won. Our enemy is defeated. New and living hope is secure in our returning King. And so we're going to sing in just a moment, In Christ alone, my hope is found. You realize that you can't say that? What wonderful news we've uncovered this morning.
we can help you in responding to that news, if we can help you connect or reconnect with the God who loves you so much, would you let us know how we can help by coming to the front while we stand and sing together? Christ alone.